Hello and welcome. I'm your host Param and you're listening to Cop Fusion. With everything going on in the world, we finally have some good news to divert your minds and be joyful again. Premier League is back, so are the controversies and we are super excited to watch it with you. In this podcast, we will discuss the Merseyside derby, build up in detail, the team status and the home advantage theory. But first, let's take a quick recap on yesterday's game. The first game between Aston and Sheffield United ended in a draw, but it wasn't short of drama. With a clear goal disallowed for Sheffield, the game lacked all spark. However, Aston Villa did create a lot of chances and looked promising against a strong Sheffield side, who have conceded only 25 goals this season. That's second best to Liverpool's tally. The second game between Arsenal and Manchester City had very high expectations, but Arsenal did an Arsenal lug in that game. The first half was a difficult task for Arteta as he had to force in two substitutions due to injuries. Little did he know that bringing in David Luiz may hurt his chances of getting anything out of this game. To be honest, it seems that Arteta considered this match to be a pre-season friendly with the B team as he started with 11 players on the pitch who were just not good enough for the game. The reasons for his selection is only known to him, but the reason for their horrific display is known to everyone. Moving on now, let's talk about the Merseyside derby. Let's talk about Liverpool. The Reds have gone unbeaten against Everton for a decade now, a record no team likes to have against them. They face their arch rivals in a game that will bring Reds one step closer to the title they've always been hungry for. Also, with the pandemic and new rules imposed, there will be no supporters and that means almost no home advantage. Goodison Park is one of those stadiums that have the fans right next to the pitch and also shaped in a way that allows echoes of their chance to travel a larger distance at a higher pitch. Now what does that mean? It means it is a lot easier for the fans to get behind the players and motivate them with loud noises, which in turn also makes the opposition nervous, enough to force them into mistakes. This is what we call a home advantage. I'm sure you're thinking now that isn't that at every home game in every stadium? The answer is no. Stadiums like Anfield, Goodison, Selhurst Park, Stamford Bridge have an advantage over stadiums like the Etihad, the Emirates and London Stadium. We will go into the detail with a dedicated episode for it. But it is going to be a cakewalk at Goodison for Liverpool with no home advantage? Let's dive into the facts. Number 1. Liverpool have lost just one game this season and a total of two games in two years in the Premier League. Number 2. Liverpool stand first with 82 points out of 29 games whereas Everton have played the same number of games and they are 12th with 37 points. Number 3. Liverpool are unbeaten in 10 years against Everton. Number 4. No crowd will keep the playing field level and no home advantage for the Blues. Number 5. Liverpool are an established team. They know whom to start, they know their starting 11, whereas Everton are still an under construction project. Number 6. Everton's form or their recent run hasn't been promising and has lacked ambition. Even though Liverpool are a stronger team on paper and otherwise, the Evertonians have an ace in their pocket. No, it's not Richarlison, but that's Carlo Ancelotti. 
The man has irritated Liverpool and Klopp for a number of times now with a struggling Napoli. Even though we managed to get the win the last time we met via Curtis Jones' brilliant curler, things may be different post the break. Players have recovered. They are full of energy and there's nothing the Evertonians like more than holding off Liverpool. Even if it's a nil-nil draw, for them it's like a god's gift. I know it's embarrassing, but it is how it is. As for Liverpool, there are still a couple of fitness concerns as per the news just now. The players have not been named at the moment, but it seems Klopp will be taking precaution as he should. Possibly we're talking about Naby Keita and Jordan Shakiri at the moment. Their injury concerns have tainted a very promising season for them and opportunity in the cup games at least. In a mystery, it's a mystery on how the club will deal with this in the future. With Shakiri on the verge of being sold, which I find very vague to be honest, you don't get that established and quality player in the Premier League for that less money. He's a two-time Champions League winner with Bayern Munich and Liverpool and we haven't utilized him 100%. He may have defensive flaws, but then again, he's a Champions League winner. As far as Everton go, the news is that Andre Gomez will be returning in the starting eleven against Liverpool after the horrific injury he had against Tottenham on November 3rd, which also left Hume and Son in tears. Gomez suffered an injury against Tottenham, but he did start against United and Chelsea on his return after three months. But that was all the game time he got. Now he again had a three-month break post the pandemic. However, the fitness of Yerimina and Fabian Delph is also unclear. We will talk about the starting lineup and possible tactics in our next episode. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Cop Fusion. In our previous episode, we discussed home advantage, injuries and rivalry. In today's episode, we will talk about the starting lineup, tactics, key factors and the secret weapons we expect for the Merseyside derby on Sunday. Starting off with Liverpool, the Champions League winners and world champions have a complete squad at their disposal. However, recent news states a possible miss for two players. In our previous episode, we expected them to be Naby Keita and Jordan Shakiri, but the rumors have pointed towards Salah and Andy Robertson, and unfortunately, that seems to be the truth. A replacement for Salah shouldn't be a worry as we have Oxlade Chamberlain and Shakiri who can fill that position whereas Milner is a suitable replacement for Robo. These however and may not be able to replicate the impact of Salah and Andy have in their positions but they have served as an alternative when they weren't available. As for Everton all players remain available including Andre Gomez however Yeri Mina and Fabian Delph are still doubtful. If you look at Everton's last lineup against Chelsea three months back, it featured Jordan Pickford in front of goal, backline with De Gibril, Michael Keane, Holgate, and Lucas, midfield of Bernard, Gomes, Davis, and Sigurdsson, and a forward partnership of Calvert Lewin and Charlison. In a 4 4 2 format, which tends to be Ancelotti's favourite, earlier in his career, Ancelotti got Rajana promoted got Parma to qualify for the Champions League while pressing a 4-4-2 formation he assumed was the only way to play football, which he learned from Sachi.
but things have changed and this is modern football it's no longer about filling in players in the positions but it's more about what you can do with the players you have and so he has overcome his reluctance of using the usual 4-4-2 and has more flexibility in terms of formation and tactics in the current lineup Calvin Lewin tends to close down with pace on the defenders followed by Richarlison trying to make good of the misplayed passes. Ancelotti being the 4-4-2 manager like his defense strong and doesn't initiate all his players to press. Even if required the combination of central midfielders tend to compress and become more central leaving the wide areas for the fullbacks to exploit. This however is an attacking strategy but leaves a loophole for long balls from both Virgil van Dijk, Henderson and Trent Alexander-Arnold for Salah and Mane in the weight. The last time Everton tried to all-out press Liverpool was at Goodison Park with Ronald Koeman as their manager. Within 30 minutes of the game, their legs gave up. They just couldn't handle the pace and exertion. They were just not used to it. And the same goes for this team at the moment. They are still an under construction team. They do not have the experience to play together. They have just got a manager this year and they still need a lot of work to be done. The problem that Everton face is that space they leave between the lines. It could be because they are not comfortable with the formation and not yet have adapted to the in and out movements. There still seems to be some confusion over when to break the lines and when they need to hold on. There's not much to comment on this team at the moment as they have had mixed performances. There's still a lot of juggling and experiments happening in the squad positions and Ancelotti is yet to find the perfect combination. Even though Evertonians have had probably the best transfer windows in the past couple of seasons, arguably they may have it the best, but they haven't made anything of it. They still remain an under construction team. Now let's move on to Liverpool. The world champions and probably the best football team on the planet right now have proved themselves time and again against struggling clubs and European giants. For sure, they have had their lows in recent games, but they have lost only two games in their Premier League over two seasons and are European champions for a reason. As much as other clubs or fans may mock them for losing out to Watford, the truth is none of them want to face Liverpool at their full strength, and that's not a debate. Klopp too has experimented with his starting 11 a lot of times this season because of injuries, because of the hectic schedule, but it has eventually paid thanks to the squad depth. With players like Shakiri, Lalana, Alex Oxa-Chamberlain, Naby Keita available from the bench, this team is a force to reckon with. The recent injury list indicates that Mohamed Salah and Robertson may miss out on the derby this Sunday and be probably replaced by James Milner at the back and Alex Oxa-Chamberlain out wide, although a lot of fans expect it to be Divock Origi but I would still prefer Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to be there instead of Salah. I don't see Nabikita in the wider area but he may start instead of Fabinho as his recent post-injury form has been horrible. Fabinho took his time to recover but seemed to have lost his touch and form in the position and hasn't been dominating his position like he usually does. Let's have a look at a possible lineup. This lineup is not exactly how we will see them but how I'd rather prefer Liverpool did. 
starting off with Allison on goal, Trent as a right back, Virgil and Gomez central defending, Milner as a left back, and the midfield with Vinaldum, Henderson and Abikita. The front three, Mane, Oxe Chamberlain and Divock Origi. I'm sure you'd be asking why would you not play Bobby Firmino? I'm keeping Bobby Firmino on the bench for a reason. Origi loves a good first touch and his back against a defender can help clever runs from Mane, Ox and Keita put to good effect. Mohamed Salah did the same in his first season and was amazingly strong in holding off the defenders to take the long ball in his stride. Origi not only offers an offensive option in the game but also a psychological advantage. With his amazing run of form against Everton, he totally deserves a starting position and we know our regular starter Bobby won't mind that. Surely with the new substitution rule we can see the likes of Minamino, Bobby, Shakiri coming on and possibly Matip and Lalana as well. No, I did not forget Fabino, but his lack of form was a concern for him to start and Keita has such a good turnout recently. I can see him coming in, but not before the 80th minute. So for Fabinho, if he can come, I think he's gonna come post the 80th minute in the game. Klopp plays a 4-3-3 formation, which, which is more or less turns into 4-3-2-1 or sometimes 3-4-3 depending upon the situation. He has learned this the hard way as during his initial two seasons, Liverpool made it hard to run down winnable games in comfortable positions. Over the last two seasons, Klopp has learned a hard lesson and that is how to analyze your opposition during the gameplay and save your energy. And hence, you may find the pressing has dipped down a bit. We have witnessed how Liverpool have pulled their foot off the escalator in the previous season just to maintain a good shape defensively. This strategy is why I chose Divock Origi to start and not Bobby for this game. We expect Everton to come at us with their pressing up front while maintaining a tight compressed shape with a steady backline. It is their inexperience and constant pressure that will lead to mistakes and that is when the gaps will open up for Liverpool to attack with direct passes. It seems that Mina and Delph may not be available in the starting lineup for the game at the moment and that is an issue for Ancelotti. As now, he has to put in more efforts to synchronize his team with the replacements. For me, the key factor in this game will be Sadio Mane's pace, Henderson midfield dominance, Trent's direct ball across to Mane and Keita and Origi's clever ball holding. Liverpool can surely expect some attempts on goal and Alisson may be slightly busier than usual due to the long break which may force defensive errors or miscommunication. But with no home advantage and crowd behind them, it is a difficult task for Everton to steal the deal even if they manage an early lead. Jurgen Klopp is a tactical genius and knows what the game demands and who can deliver what he expects. He has the ability to read the game and knows how to fill in the missing pieces, like he has done to his club over the years, one piece at a time. I'd like a Matip and Van Dyke partnership, but if Gomez is available, he is gonna be Klopp's first choice at the moment. So for me, he, they hold the back line with Milner and Trent, pushing forward from the wings as usual. I expect a crowded midfield in, in this game as it is a derby 
and there will be tackles flying in to show their dominance and we can expect some angry or frustrating moments from the Evertonians as they look to play mind games to disrupt the momentum. Henderson, Keita, Wijnaldum, Ox will be more central to maintain possession and keep the quick passes going and frustrate the opposition. We can expect Ox and Trent to switch forward positions for crosses inside the box with Ox slightly going central and Trent taking his place out wide. While in defense, Alex will have the task to press high, tackle and win the ball and Naby Keita will man mark from the central midfield position to stop any forward movement. The approach has to be in a way format, both defensive and offensive. With Ox and Naby on the pressing, Henderson and Wijnaldum will close down on the central midfield and push back the defenders and protect the wings from Walcott and Bernard bringing back Milner and Trent. Liverpool need to be wary of Richarlison's pace and why I am specifically mentioning him is because Calvert-Lewin may be slightly pacier than him at times but he possesses the capability of a clever footballer. Given his recent interview just today against Liverpool, it's the mind games basically have already started. That means dives in the slightest of touches and what more Liverpool hate than a dead ball right outside the box with a player like Gilfie Sigurdsson taking it. These are tactics used by a number of players against Liverpool to make them lose their concentration and momentum. Liverpool need to be wary of such delicate fouls and need to protect themselves from falling prey to these antics. And Carlo knows Klopp very well and his weaknesses too. He has frustrated and broken Liverpool down with Napoli before and even though he doesn't have the same team or quality of players, he still has Klopp tactics in the back of his head. So the game is on, the pressure is on. I may have exaggerated Everton's chances here, but it's football and we love it for a reason. I hope you enjoyed my perspective on the game in hand this Sunday. Enjoy the game, enjoy this time, stay healthy and I hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to Coffusion. It's been a pleasure. Stay tuned for more.